It's a new day and opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead their market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everybody. I hope that you are having a good uh, day, a good week from wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thank you for joining Good Morning Market, where we can talk to great business leaders from a variety of backgrounds and also talk about the latest that's going on in the economy, the latest that's going on in uh, consumer insights and marketing strategy, all to what end? To the end of being able to help your you lead your business better and, and get those growth results that you want. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. would love to um, get tighter with the community that we're building here on Good Morning Market. Um, Philip Scroggin, where you can find me on LinkedIn. would love to connect with you. And also let me know who you'd like to hear from next on the podcast, who you want to engage with, who you want to hear from. You can DM me on LinkedIn. You can also shoot me an email, philip with two L's at soulinsights.com. Today, we're going to be speaking with Neil Wilson of Vaden Automotive. I, I met him at a local event and have known of uh, him and his team over there at Vaden for a while now. A while now. They've, they've done great work and are one of the leaders in the entire metro area when it comes to uh, a very challenging um, but dynamic and crucial industry, which would be automotive sales and service. So looking forward to learning from his experience. There's a lot to dig into that today. But first, let's first touch on the economic Performance from this past week in the economic news, I'm talking about the market roundup. In the market roundup for this week, we got two pieces of news I want to highlight for y'all. The first one being from the Wall Street Journal. Headline is, robust hiring in April shows U.S. job market remains hot in cooling economy. The employers added 253,000 jobs last month and unemployment fell to 3.4%. From that article, Americans landed jobs and their wages increase in April, showing the labor market is resilient amid banking turmoil, rising interest rates, and high inflation. Employers added 253,000 jobs in April, the best gain since January, the Labor Department said Friday. Job growth was revised lower in February and March. The jobless rate fell to 3.4% last month, matching the lowest reading since 19. 69. Let's touch on one other piece of news for y'all real quick. This one comes from Savannah CEO. The headline is CEO confidence ticked down slightly in Q2. The conference board measure of CEO confidence in collaboration with the business council declined slightly to 42 in Q2 2023, down from 43 in the first quarter of the year. The measure is still below a reading of 50, which suggests CEOs remain largely pessimistic about what's ahead in the economy. A reading below 50 reflects more negative than positive responses, by the way. A total of 139 CEOs participated in the Q2 survey, which was fielded from April 10th through the 24th. CEOs are still pessimistic about the downturn to come. Similar to last quarter, 93% of CEOs still report that they are preparing for a U.S. recession over the next 12 to 18 months. Indeed, 87% believe the recession will be brief and shallow with limited global spillovers and 6% expect a deep U.S. recession. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your market roundup for the week. Well, folks, we've had a variety of different guests on Good Morning Market, and yet we've never touched on one of the most high-speed, competitive, and definitely uh, most diverse, challenging industries in the country. We've got Neil Wilson with us, who's the general manager of Vaden Automotive Group. 
Faden uh, having been a household name within the coastal empire uh, and being very, very successful. I met Neil and his team through their sponsorship and support of the nonprofit uh, organization, Excel Mentoring. So Neil, um, it's really exciting to have you on today's Good Morning Market program and getting to talk some shop with you today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Philip. Absolutely. I'm really excited <clears throat> to to talk about a variety of things. I want to talk about your experience in leadership, Vaden, and how y'all have been so successful in expanding. You know, I know that since COVID, there's been a lot of stuff that's been, that's been happening to the automotive industry, specifically some some unique challenges that y'all have had to overcome. So I'm I'm looking forward to covering pretty much the gamut and and kind of going to look, get, doing a little bit of everything with our conversation. But I did want to start off with how we met. Um, we got connected through a great um, nonprofit. In fact, I'm even repping them with my uh, polo today. Well, the other side the of the other polo. Side. <laughs> there you go. The other side of the polo. Uh, Excel Mentoring. I've known those guys since the, the time of the pandemic. Um, how did y'all get plugged in with, with Excel Mentoring? That's a great question. Um, I met Jay. It's been several years back. We were actually one of the first uh, trailers, so to speak. And I'll explain that in just a second. Uh, mm -hmm. That was in his fleet. But we um, we were actually searching for we do we have nine stores. So I've got eight sister stores. I, I run the one on Abercorn here uh, in downtown or mid midtown Savannah. Mm -hmm. The you know and we we do some outreach work with a lot of schools and Savannah Arts Academy and 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 a lot of automotive you know groups do. Uh, and we we were just kind of brainstorming uh, our marketing team on you know who who locally could we partner with and, and, and truly make an impact. Mm -hmm. And as, as Jay would tell you, you know, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. Jay just come, you know, just happened to, to contact us about uh, his new program, which was mentoring, you know, young kids in schools uh, and getting in there and teaching not only, you know, trades, but life skills. Uh, and it just kind of fell in our laps. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't make it any easier than that. Um, mm -hmm. It was no magic bullet, but, what I can say is, you know, Jay and, and his team are, are truly amazing in, in, the, in the, what they do for the kids and the community. Uh, we were, you know, so we have all we have a we have an automotive trailer uh, that basically has some some small mechanic mechanical devices in it that the, the the kids can go in there and it's to draw awareness around you know what what's out there other than just going to college. There's so yep. many things and. You know, now we're up to an HVAC trailer, a logistics trailer. We have the automotive trailer, welding yeah. trailer. I think there's seven or eight in total, maybe maybe more. Mm -hmm. um, but if you see them running around town, it's it, it, they stand out. But the cool part about it is they, even when they go in, you know, to the school systems, uh, we're, we're becoming well known. Uh, you know, the kids are maybe want to get out of class a little bit, but they, uh, you know, it's neat. I mean, these inside these trailers are state of the art. Jay and his team do a good job of teaching the kids. Um, we've had the opportunity to have some of our specialists go on and show some of the kids, uh, you know, how to do some of the, the technical things that, you know, we don't, we don't talk about, you know, doing carburetors and, and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, back in the nineties, we work on your own car. Most people don't do that anymore. So, right. Children, you know, especially school age kids, they don't really have, you know, you're not out there with your dad, mm -hmm. you know, changing the oil under most circumstances. Um, mm -hmm. I can remember I've got four children that, you know, I had to remind myself to show my daughter how to change a tire. And, you know, mm -hmm. she was like, 
dad, please make sure I know how to change a tire. Yeah. I'm not it. So, but anyway, it, it, it happened uh, very just like that. He, he came into our lives or our group, uh, and it just it seemed like a perfect fit. Um, you know, I always joke with him one one trailer in a dream, and and you know he definitely believed it and has, has lived up to every minute of it. So it's been exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, just props to them and for the vision to address a, a long term issue within America. Frankly, is kind of like the death of the trades. The the way that the education system kind of points everybody on one track, most naturally, and. Kids who would rather work with their hands than sit at a computer, you know, uh, it just seems like, you know, a lot of those kids have been kind of kind of been square pegs forced into round holes. And so seeing Excel mentoring really showing these kids like the world of automotive, for example, along with the other trades that you mentioned, and then seeing y'all get plugged in with them where these mobile training units are getting pulled by Vade and Chevys and y'all have a full on automotive trailer. I, I've been on it and getting to see, get to interact with kids who are learning how to turn a wrench and, and, you know, work on tires and whatnot. It, it's, it's the kind of basic skills, but it kind of shows them the world of possibilities there in, in a high uh, demand, um, uh, uh, high needed uh, industry, which would be automotive. So, you know, the automotive industry, the whole, Finding labor and skill sets has been an issue for many, many years now. But going back to March 2020, then you'll hit a new level of complications and, and trouble uh, that we're now three years from from uh, removed from. For those who weren't really up to speed with what automotive underwent as an industry uh, once the pandemic hit, wh what have y'all been going through since March 2020? Uh, I don't have time to name it all. <laughs> uh, I'll hit the highlights. The uh, you know first and foremost, uh, the leadership of our, our our parent company did a really good job of of huddling the core teams around and and and, and making a decision on how we were going to operate. No one really knew. We didn't know what to expect. Um, mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, we were expecting more of a doomsday effect. Mm -hmm. um, and and how do we take care of our employees? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I think we did a really good job of, of coming up with a plan on operating uh, and keeping as many of our core employees as we could, uh, because that's the hardest part of this job anyway, is, is, is keeping and retaining employees. So, you know, I think with the, 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 the major issues obviously was inventory challenges from the new car side, uh, which when that happens, then it bleeds over into the used car side. When you stop having new cars, you also it you know, trickles down. Do you stop having used cars? Um, yep. I mean, for the first time in my career, we were, you know, we had, we had rental car companies, big ones wanting to buy vehicles from us, not the the manufacturer, which is their, their traditional route. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it just, I remember talking with my team and I was like, that's a very, that's a tough indicator of what ha what's happening in the used car market right now. So we've got to be mm -hmm. very careful. Um, but parts backlogs, I mean, we, we, we average between 60 and 80 repairs a day. Uh, between quick service, which is like an old change or something a little heavier, say maybe an alternator or something to do with a computer replacement. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we service a lot of vehicles. Um, you know, we had a lot of vehicles that were sitting just because and, and, and it's not much you can do about it is we couldn't get the parts to 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 fix them. That was mm -hmm. tough. So you got vehicles yeah. sitting, you got customers needing them and you got rental car companies without cars. So what are you going to do? <laughs> So we did the best we could to jockey people around and get them something to drive and, and, and try to get the parts here. Um, 
And then the employees, you know, we had challenges that I've never dealt with in my 30 years of doing this, which was, you know, we have employees that have children that, that aren't used to staying at home. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we were, we were deemed, uh, uh, you know, to stay open by the city of Savannah. Um, and so we did, uh, but we had a lot of people that their kids couldn't go to daycare. So we, we, you know, at our, at our support center, which we call it, um, we set up a, you know, an area for people, you know, who needed daycare basically. Um, so they could come to work, um, because they couldn't, you couldn't find anybody. So, I mean, I I think after that, I just, it, it really made us, you know, focus on what the employees needs were just that one notch better or more, uh, so that, you know, they could be comfortable in helping us operate. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud to say we kept, you know, 90% of our employees, at least at my campus, uh, and that's a big number. We have 127 people, so or on average. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that loss was based off of uh, you know the employees themselves. We did everything we could. It just they had to make a decision. So yep. Um, it, it, other than that, um, you know the 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 business you know canvas has been you know what are what are values on vehicles? Like you know I've got a ton of friends that that we you know have been doing business with me for years and very similar to their businesses. They're like, how do you know what the values are? It's like, you know, we use the data and the tools that we're given, but sometimes that can change very quickly. So I just told my teams to be, you know, make good decisions and you're going to make some mistakes, but you know, just be ready to change with the market quickly. Well, there's no such thing. I would, I wouldn't guess in this scenario of going back to the quote unquote old days, but as much as there can be a quote unquote normal, do you feel like the automotive industry as a whole uh, has reached or is reaching a point of quote unquote normalcy um, from your point? You know, and and again, very, very valid question. Um, I think normal has changed, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in not just our group, but a lot of groups have, were, were were gluttonous with new car inventory. Uh, Basically, you know, the factory builds, they they want you to take it. Um, Not a lot of, you know, not a lot of say so in the matter. So mm-hmm. that can tend to, 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 you know, saturate it more than you really want to, maybe even more than what you can sell, okay. which creates, which creates more problems down the road. So I think in my, in my mind, them balancing, um, I think we're still behind. As a matter of fact, I know we're still behind because I've got vehicles sitting up in Michigan that have been there for months that I haven't received mm-hmm. um, and waiting on something, either a transport or a part or, or, or you know, something small. Um, but I've seen the, you know, the, the balance of inventory is, is much more, you know, conducive to doing business than just having all these cars that just sit and sit and sit. So I think in probably the next year, you'll see within the next 12 months, you'll see it level out. We'll have, you know, they're, they're, they're saying the amount of new cars we'll have, this is, I'm speaking for GM here, mm-hmm. will be about two and a half times what we're seeing now, um, and so I think they're trying to keep the demand and the, and the supply pretty close to even. Um, we've also done a lot more ordering. Um, you know, most time before the pandemic, people would, you know, just pull in and just pick something, right? It was plenty to pick from. And, and so working in to create a customer experience that we want mm-hmm. and to not have a vehicle or not be able to get the part, that's a challenge. Yep. So, um, you know, that's basically what we've been focusing on for the last three years is how do we make all that happen at one time? Yeah. Um, so, and customers have been very understanding. It's not just us, you know, mm-hmm. it's all, all, all facets of the economy. 
Makes sense. Um, you, you are called Vaden Automotive. Like you said, you got a parent company. You know, you've got Vaden Chevrolet, but you've also got a lot of sister uh, campuses. It, 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 it's it's all named after this guy, Dan Vaden. Uh, I, I believe I got my research correct. Is that right? Dan Vaden was the founder of the group. Used car salesman from Jacksonville, Florida, 1968. Okay. I know story very well. Well, I, I, I looked at y'all's about and did some a little bit of homework, and I said that there he established a, a Vaden way, uh, quote, treat everyone like family and remember that the customer signs our paychecks. What does it mean to treat like everyone like family in the Vaden way? You know, everybody's probably got a different version of that, but for me, I feel like family since I've been here for 30, almost 30 years, since I was 19 years old. Um at some point they got to adopt you, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you, to me, it starts with the, our employees. Uh, as a group, we, we hover somewhere between 630 and 640 employees in the Savannah area uh, within an hour, uh, north and south. So mm. they're really your best, you know, judge of your customers, you know, mm. because well, I guess the way I look, if you can't take care of your employees, it's going to be really hard to take care of your customers. Yep. Um, and, and quite honestly, we couldn't do it without them. Uh, and re retention's huge. So, I you know, and, and then this may be a little off topic, but one thing you really don't hear a lot about when you talk to a car dealer is is, is service. Um, mm -hmm. in, in, in our world, or at least mine, selling you a car really is not the whole package. We've got to, we, I don't feel like you're part of the family until you've, you've agreed or decided to allow us to service your vehicle. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's a cycle that no different than going to the same doctor you've been going to or the same dentist. Right. Um, you, you know, they, you know, the customers get to know certain people here. They they form relationships. I can tell you most of the the friends I've got out of out of outside of Vaden, a lot of them started as customers, you know, and mm -hmm. then they end up being neighbors or whatever. So I think, it, you know, it sounds a little cliche, but, you know, if you're if you were going to treat your brother or mother a certain way you should treat the customer that way mm -hmm. uh, and it, it always seems to work mm -hmm. no you're right i mean it, i would think it's just intuitive everybody who listens to to this podcast to be like you know involved in businesses a stickier relationship service or sales if you're selling a car they might never see you again if you're if you trust your vehicle's maintenance and reliability with a company that's going to be a different deeper kind of relationship that has to be earned and maintained as opposed to you know right car right place right price kind of thing so that makes a whole lot of uh situation i did want to kind of touch back uh on something we kind of started out talking about which was um the trades including automotive repair that whole industry and service like you said is a huge part of how vaden uh automotive has been successful y'all have been struggling and the industry wide has been in struggling with labor and, and talent for a long time now um what what is the impact on americans when we don't have enough people pursuing and in, in, in making careers in these trades and then the part two of that question would be y'all specifically how's vaden automotive uh, automotive moved to try to do something about it rather than just waiting for it to be fixed well, waiting is not the answer. Um, you know, the, you know, years, years ago, and I won't put a timeline on it, but uh, start showing my age, but the, you know, they used to have shop classes and, and welding and, and, you know, body shop type electrical mm -hmm. in a lot of the high schools. 
Um, mm -hmm. and, and some of those high schools are bringing some of that back because mm -hmm. uh, I think they see a need for it. And, and quite honestly, there's a lot of kids that leave high school and they kind of just they're not going to college. They're just trying to find a way. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, te technicians overall and speaking from the service side of it uh, is a very difficult way. Like I said, you know, you're not being trained by your you know, your parents or your uncle on, you know, working on a car on the weekends that, mm -hmm. that just, I mean, you go through your neighborhood, you typically don't ever see that anymore. And mm -hmm. that's so where are these these young people coming up, you know, with the knowledge of what's available. Mm -hmm. And so we try to stay in front of that. So with, mm -hmm. with we try to be aggressively advertise uh, job openings, um, training. Uh, we have aggressive pay plans uh, for the for the technicians, benefits, 401k, the whole gamut, uh, health. But really what we're investing in and, and what helps us and helps them is, is investing in their training future. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got technicians that have gotten so many hours of training. We're just talking, you know, just it's 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 a lot of money and it would it would put some college degrees. It would make some college degrees look very reasonable and really cheap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, and again, it, it's that's 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 usually the way that we we retain is to try to help grow them. Uh, everybody's got an aspiration right and and we try to help them find that put them on a path and we have a path for just about every type of technician or maybe even parts person that, that you would want makes sense and like i said it's much needed work you know um even when it comes to collision centers you know your basic tire tire repair places wait times are getting longer because you just like you said it, it, i guess it goes down all the way back down to the culture it's you know i got raised up with my dad and i didn't i wasn't as interested as, as he wanted me to be but i did get you know I, I had to know how to change a tire i had to know how to change ball oil he would have me look around and stuff so like you, you have like a basic level of competency with getting your hands in a vehicle and actually doing something to it you know even if it was just changing out you know um, uh, little things that well electrical wise but uh i want to continue with neil on the conversation about the automotive industry, how they have adapted to changes in uh, automotive and um, more on just their company culture. Uh, first, let's take a quick message from today's episode sponsor, Soul Insights. This episode is sponsored by Soul Insights. Is your business looking to hit the next level of growth? For many businesses, they know they need to spend more on marketing, but don't want to simply shoot in the dark. They want a smart, data-driven path to solid growth. If this is you, then Soul Insights can help you identify, attract, and retain ideal customers. Soul Insights is a strategic marketing agency which helps small and mid-sized businesses understand their best customers, who they are, their shopping behaviors, and acquire new best customers based on that data. Oh, and it's all measured and tracked to ensure you get more profit bang for your marketing buck. Head to soulinsights.com right now and take the 90-second quiz to find your path to the next level. I'm liking where the conversation's going, Neil. Let me let me go back to uh, the other part of Dan Vaden's quote because he said, first, treat everybody like family. The other part of that quote is, remember the customer signs are paychecks. How do you and your campus as a GM, how do you operate? as as uh with that mentality about the customer side of the paychecks again i don't want to simplify it but if you don't it really doesn't work um if we don't make a transaction with a customer or meet their expectations or give them the experience that they they, they deserve they don't buy anything we don't we don't have a paycheck hmm. you know and and so just daily reminding all employees Everybody has a bad day. You know, everybody's got something on their mind or a sick kid or something. But just reminding them when we're in front of a customer, 
you know, very, very similar to a Ritz Carlton or a Disney World type experiences. Mm -hmm. The customer's there for a reason. They're spending that mm -hmm. money for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's find a way to give them the experience they expect. Um, mm -hmm. So that just striving to, to to pull that off is 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 not an easy feat, uh, and it's definitely a culture. Yeah. Um, and so we we just try to create maintain that culture. And, and and I would say you know there's no special magic to it, but really it's just a daily event. You know if you see something going wrong, try to intervene and mm -hmm. you know, curb it to the right you know, experience level for the customer. Hopefully that answers your question there. Oh, it, it definitely doesn't. It's, it's fun uh, that you, you mention uh, Walt Disney and Rich Carlton by, by name, because let's just call it like it is, is when it comes to um, theme parks, there's tons of other options than Walt Disney world. I mean, there really are. Uh, and there's a lot of different secret sauce that makes Disney world, Disney world. But one of its secret sauces is, it's a it's a, a imagineers is it's it's employees every time i go to disney world you get treated in a very special way by all the staff like they're very attention to detail oriented and of course ritz carlton is world famous you get a ton of famous fancy four-star five-star hotel experiences but the ritz carlton like people go to the ritz carlton to learn how to do customer service because customer service is this uh the secret sauce that can separate the great companies from the good companies because you know everybody's got inventory everybody's got competent people everybody's you know got facilities but how do you treat your customers can be the x factor that makes everybody loyalty loyal to disney world and they spend all their vacation money there when they could be going to universal studios or any number of theme parks is you never hear about you, you rarely hear about people who are obsessed with other theme parks the way you do disney world or people who are extremely loyal to Ritz Carlton, you know, uh, or in the way that uh, you know they would be with the other ones. So a, a very, very profound point. I was I mean, very, I was very fortunate. Uh, just when you mentioned it, and the reason I, I didn't just pull them out of my hat, um, some some Chevrolet training several years back, uh, I was able to do the week long Disney training on Disney campus. Oh, okay. And and Ritz Carlton is a big part of it. They actually they teach the 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 that part of it so you know as as a car dealer going down there and, and you know okay i'm going to a theme park to learn when you leave you truly understand the the the, the, the everything about the customer experience and it was very eye-opening um I've, I've tried to get some of my staff to go down there uh but great point two great companies they do a good job Yep. Yep. It's a call to action on myself with my, in my own businesses. We all need to make sure that we're never forgetting that the customer signs our paychecks. Every interaction, every decision, you need to be having that in mind. Uh, let me take a, a step out um, from Vaden to once again, talking about the industry as a whole. And, and there's been a lot of changes that have been happening over the past 10 years, but definitely I think it's all gotten fast forwarded since the time of COVID is you got these online no test drive vehicle purchase, purchases you've got a big industry push and a government backed push to go to electric there's a lot of just changes with the types of cars that people are buying and the in the way in which they're shopping and then actually buying vehicles um how does vaden navigate those different customer behaviors and preferences to find kind of like what your goldilocks customer is and then stand out amongst all these different shopping options because you know these days it seems increasingly that you know, people aren't shopping within a 30 mile radius. People are shopping ac across the nation, perhaps. No, it's, it's a, that's a great point. We, um, adapting 
agreeing to adapt is the first step, I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, not everyone likes to change, but, you know, just from our group, I uh, can't speak for all, but the, you know, it, General, General Motors is going to go EV all in at some point. Mm. They've already told us that. Um, mm. We've already had to retrofit our shops at a very high level with not only actual physical chargers and battery capabilities and forklifts, but, but also the training has already started to change. Um, so EV to me is, 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 is as good as, as anything else we've ever had. It's just going to be a, a different, a different product for us to sell and, and to service. Um, it's not going to be quite the same, um, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's still a car. Uh, a lot of computers in these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a little scary. Like when your iPhone starts circling and you know, you think, okay, my car has got 68 of these things or you know, some version <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, 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 you know, it, and, and, to go back to the technician part, you know, our technicians walk around with with you know high end computers and plugs and and and, and Wi Fi. We don't touch a car until that thing's plugged in, dialed in, and we get an assessment for what what's really going on from at least from the electronic side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back to the pricing and the shopping online, uh, you may laugh at me when I say this, but we don't do the work; uh, our inventory does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we use technology to to basically steer us in what what inventory you know sells the best, and then we we spend our time trying to either a order it or b buy it, uh, you know, and have that inventory aggressively or at least competitively marketed and priced uh, pictures and all the things so that you can sit in your home and get a really good idea of what you're looking at before you, well, either A, you want it brought to your home or B, you would like to go out and take a look at it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, technology basically drives our business on both sides, but from an inventory standpoint, you know, you know, if a, if a, you know, 2018 Silverado is, is the hottest thing selling in the Chatham you know, County area, well, that's what you need to have on the lot. And, mm-hmm. Not the old school way of just going to stand in the auction that that we we haven't done that in years. It's all online. Uh, mm-hmm. and we we really get a gauge when we buy something. It says green or yellow or red. And basically, you know, don't buy the red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's how. Uh, and if you buy the vehicle right, you service it right uh, and have it ready for the customer's experience, you market it right, price it right. But having the right vehicle, you know. Yeah. You know, so it sounds like y'all 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 are leaning into these technological uh, developments to make sure that in terms of sales and service that y'all are y'all have the right inventory to win based off of what you see being the hotter demand products within your geographical you know kind of focus. Is that is That's that correct. fair? Okay. That's okay. Very fair. Okay. And it sounds like it's a pretty fast moving dynamic. Like you you know you're always. Uh, tinkering to make sure that you're keeping up with these uh, changes. I don't know. That's the way it sounded to me that it was a, it's a very dynamic kind of fast moving changes in terms of inventory, demand, product, that whole thing. You know, in certain seasons draw certain, you know, and I don't, I, I won't go too deep on this, you know, to keep going, but, you know, just for, for example, uh, end of the year, you know, most people, uh, 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 you know, put that as a, a great deal time, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily untrue. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers do want to move old product and, and we'll throw some incentives. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's it's a it's uh, sometimes a business loaded. You have a lot of people who are looking for tax reasons mm-hmm. uh, and, and they move pretty quick because mm-hmm. they're doing it for, for financial reasons. 
Um, and so, you know, and then you've got tax time during, you know, in April, you got, you know, it, it just the, 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 the technology behind our, our operation. I mean, we have dozens of different reporting, you know, mechanisms to tell us what's the right thing to do. And it's at least steer us. You still have to make a, you know, a decision based off your gut and what you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but boy, it sure is nice to have the, you know, the data in front of you where you can make a real decision. Yeah. 100%. That's big theme on this, uh, this podcast is using, I mean, in, instincts and intuition and history and experience are amazing. But when you can add the data piece in there is that kind of objective third party a seat at the table, it's going to make your job a lot easier and going to help you from um, making some, some big mistakes when you don't have that voice in the room. Let me ask you this uh, question. I feel like it kind of fits in the conversation we've been having is over the next five years, this is your own opinion. The best auto dealerships will be doing X. I'm probably going to sound like a broken record here. Um, I mean, you got to be ready for change. Um, you know, I say we live in a 30 day world uh, the way we operate, but Really, I mean, it, it's sometimes a 15-day world when it comes to inventory uh, mm -hmm. and, and needs of customers, uh, market changes, interest rates going up. Um, that interest rates going up doesn't only affect mm -hmm. housing. I mean, it, yep. it affects our business probably as much or worse. Yes. Um, and, and it also affects values of vehicles uh, mm -hmm. um, for, for pre-owned vehicles. I'd say the ones that take care of their employees and have got the retention will, will be able to weather the storm and be ready for those changes. You won't have to rebuild a culture um, and then continuing to focus on the customer experience. You know, like I said, if, if a customer, you know, deems us good enough as a family to come back to us to service, we call that a win. We, we feel mm -hmm. like we, we've, we've truly done a good enough job to to earn that customer. And now, like you said, you can't just stop there. You got to, you know, you're going to make some mistakes, but just we need mm -hmm. to resolve them quickly and amicably for the customer. Um, uh, inventory, another big one. Uh, you know, we do this every single day. It's, it's, it sounds fun buying cars, but it can be labor intensive, uh, especially when the, the one white Tahoe out there, won't, you know, the, the technology says we have to have, you can't find, Yeah, you know, go find it, you know, kind of thing. And then, uh, I'd say get ready for EV. I think there's going to be some dealers. I think our group has done a really good job of getting ahead of the, the, the game, uh, you know, I look out all the time and we have we have nine chargers on campus uh, and I see people, you know, pulling in to use our chargers. And and, and that typically turns that customer them into a customer for us. Mm -hmm. Just having that ability for the customers to be able to use that because, you know, if, if, I don't know if you have an EV, but it, you, you, there's some planning involved yeah. um, it, on your daily you know, commute or traveling or whatever. Uh, so being ready for it, training for it. We've already done most of the infrastructure here. Uh, you know, Cadillac has, has said they're going to be, you know, fully electric in, uh, within 10 years. 
whether that's going to be truthful or not, I don't know. I think that's a goal they're shooting for. Uh, so, you know, just having the, the right, the right, and then going back to Excel. I mean, this is where some of those, those kids coming out of those programs could really benefit because they're not going to know sort of the old, you know, they call them ice engine, which is the internal combustion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're all, they're mostly going to know just a lot of the electric vehicles and, and they're kind of cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, my kids love them and they talk mm-hmm. about them all the time. So. And it's interesting. I, I think that for, for the audience, three, three key things I was hearing was strong culture and team uh, will win. Uh, two is delivering great customer experiences and just focus on, on customer service. Two will win. And then it, it sounds like a third one is uh, ad- adaptability for leadership because when you're in an industry that's undergoing a historic transformation, I mean, it sounds like it's your, of your of the estimation that the electric uh, revolution is well underway for the manufacturers part of the equation. So, uh, you know, if you can adapt to these massive changes that are coming and then you've got the good team and you got a real focus on customer service, those are the dealerships that are going to do better than the other guys over the next five to 10 years. So, so on that point, because part of what I wanted to expose the audience to is what's going on within the automotive industry. But I also think that the automotive industry has some lessons to teach uh, us and other industry verticals as business leaders and business owners. What lesson have you learned from you? Like you've been with uh, Vaden for 30 years. You're the, you're the GM of, of one of their, uh, their flagship campuses. What, what's a lesson that you've learned from your time at Vaden Automotive that you would pass on to any business owner? Um. Yeah, keeping it simple, uh, you know, just to me, the employees come first, uh, you know, keeping them is, 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 is their experience is as important as the customers mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that they know that they are, they're, they're vital to our team and, and we do everything we can, you know, to increase our retention. We have a very good retention at this store. And I'm very proud of that. Uh, I'd say keep growing. Um, our business changes. Well, this business changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be complacent. Um, you've always got to be looking for new ideas, new people, new techniques, mm-hmm. new technology. You know, the technology changes all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, don't I wouldn't you know, when I pick a goal and we go after it and, and, and we achieve it, you know, I don't want to stop there. We, we try to pick you know, increase our goals or, you know, what 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 can we do now? What What should we go after? Uh, and, and getting the teams to see that growth is not a bad thing. Uh, and, and we've done a really good job doing that. Well, I mean, uh, just one follow-up on that is, um, you're like, what's an example of a, of a good way to really focus on your team? Because you know, be, people's minds will go different places. It could be like your, your kind of uh, company uh, values. It could be office parties or flexible working hours or one-on-one time with your, with your uh, manager and, and kind of like kind of that coaching relationship. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, like what, what is an example of like the way that you look to develop and take care of your employees that you think maybe um, could work for another business and team environment? I, you know, I think they all work, but I think for me personally, and I would say most of my, my team members and my department heads, our coaching one-on-ones um you know again i've got four children they're all four different they have all mm-hmm. four needs mm-hmm. i know all four of their lifestyles and what they, mm-hmm. they kind of aspire to be and want to do and it, it kind of it's it's to me it's the same thing of is is with the employees i mean 
they may have kids, they may not. They may be younger, they may be older. They may be, you know, needing some time off. They may have a family member that's ill. Uh, and, and to me, being in touch with what their needs are so that we can help get them what they want and need and also operate at the same time, to me, is the most important. Yep. Um, I hope I answered your question there. They, I did. Uh, I would say coaching is, to me, one-on-one, mm -hmm. -on -one, uh, and it also allows them to to grow, you know, and maybe ask some questions they wouldn't in a group setting or some, some version of that. I think that you're, you're actually speaking to something and I've heard a lot of like human resources people and, and, uh, uh, kind of workforce consultants to, and development leaders. That's what they talk about is when you treat your employees, not like workers, but like people that you genuinely have a relationship with. And that sounds more like, Oh, you know, Hey, you know, this is a job, you know, clock in, clock out, do your job. And, and that's what it is too. Like, well, yeah, but I feel like a lot of what's being talked about right now in, in the corporate arena and, um, you know, we all have to figure this out because I was actually at a, a, a Chatham County uh, business uh, event where they were reporting on the state of business around this region. It's going to be a tight labor market for the foreseeable future. And so the best companies are the ones who figure that part out. When you treat your your people like people and you really invest in those relationships, they're going to have a much higher ceiling of product productivity capacity than if you just treat them like a worker. You can almost in a way unlock their potential. Like you said, when you parent your, your four kids in, as individuals rather than treating them all ubiquitous, it's the same thing, kind of the same principle when you're talking about your team. And like you said, you've got over a hundred people on your team. When you can individually, you know, give those people what they need, you can individually lock their individual potential as opposed to just kind of treating everybody the cookie cutter worker way. I agree hundred percent. Well, thank you. That, I mean, that was definitely helpful to me. And I think it's a, a cool way to tie it off except for people listening to this right now. I think they need to know two things. Uh, where can people learn more about the Vedam Automotive Group? Maybe they're looking for, a car for service or for sale, or maybe they're looking to get themselves or someone they know plugged into a career with your team. Uh, the easiest way would be to go to our, our main site at danvaden.com. Uh, I've got all the, the tabs where you can go through the careers uh, and buy a car, sell a car, all the things. Uh, also, I would, you know, we have, we're on most of the hiring sites. So if you just download Indeed and look for, you know, automotive and see if there's anything that maybe catches your eye or something you're already interested in. Uh, you can even call on the locations, just ask to speak to one of the managers in the department that you're thinking about. Uh, and my favorite is to drop a resume by and, and to shake somebody's hand. And that, that usually works as well. Uh, we have, we, we get all three, we get them online, we get them from uh, phone calls and we also get people who just come by. So I would say one of those three is the way to go. Well, folks, uh, you heard it. He, he made it easy for us. But, you know, Neil, you've been with this organization for 30 years. They're a longstanding name and pillar in this, you know, metro region. Uh, DanVaden.com, folks, is where y'all can learn more about this organization. And, and not only do they have a strong, longstanding reputation, company culture, and, and, and great uh, products and service to offer, they're really involved coming back full circle in our community, involved, investing in our youth and, and leading um, the future of automotive industry all the way from the high school kids thinking about, you know, the possibilities within this trade and then also the electric vehicle revolution. So you got your hands full, Neil. That means I need to let you get back to it. But thank you very much for spending some time with us on Good Morning Market. Thank you.
a fun conversation with Neil. Uh, I, I think it was really cool to talk with him specifically from that organization, from that industry, um, being able to shed some light on something that we were all kind of aware of in the distance of what was going on with automotive, what's been going on long term, what's been going on as a result of COVID and hearing Neil's perspective. And when you have all these things swelling around you, what what gets you through the storm and helps you not only to get through the storm, but to thrive through the storm? And and how do you, uh, you know, invest uh, in your team, your customers long term? So a couple things that really stuck out to me was number one, resiliency. Uh, automotive as an industry is undergoing transformation. We're undergoing a historical transformation as you know the way the very way that vehicles run, like you said, going from the ICE kind of engine to a new platform, and how rapidly that's changing. Also, having to deal with um, historic declines in labor and people engaging in the trades. People, fewer and fewer kids growing up working on the car with dad. Then you also have, of course, the pandemic, and you had the chip shortages, and you had the the parts replacement uh, delays. So many challenges that this industry has had to deal with where you can't just have your plan and hey, we're just going to execute the plan. You've got to have contingencies and there's so many things that are outside of your control. How do you weather that storm? How do you be successful? You have to be resilient. You have to be principled. You have to work with your team. You have to focus on what's important. Easier said than done. And uh, teams like Vaden Automotive, companies like Vaden Automotive are examples of how to do it. And one thing that he said that I think kind of exemplified how they had that three-legged stool to be able to be successful through the COVID era and coming out of it and all the other challenges that now lie ahead are culture, agile leadership, and customer service. Have a good team, take care of your team, develop a good culture, invest in your team, and you can't take care of your customers if you can't take care of your team. That was number one. Number two was the customer writes our paychecks. The customer, the customer, deliver great customer experiences. Um, you need to treat them like family, that whole thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, Lots of companies can say it, and for some companies, it is just kind of a raw, raw sloganeering. For companies like Vaden and their success, it looks like pretty much that that's, that's not the case. They're actually putting it to practice as, as much as an organization can. And it makes a difference because that creates stickier, more long-term loyal relationships. And then the third one is this agile, uh, agile leadership. Certain industries, certain markets change more rapidly than others. Certain industries, certain markets are more volatile than others. Automotive definitely fits that category of being a very dynamic, challenging, uh, ripe with change type of industry. You have to have leadership, you can't get stuck in your ways because then you're dead as a company. Too many other options out there, uh, too much change, and too many expectations from the the shopper to this is the way we've always done things. You've got to be agile. You've got to be able to adapt on the fly, and leadership over at Vaden Automotive is an example of how you need to be able to execute that. And then finally, leaning into change, I guess on a similar vein, is uh, I have my own personal opinions about electric, and I'm sure Neil has his own personal opinions about electric, but these guys are looking at the tea leaves and say, okay, um, electric's here, electric's coming. Within the next 10 years, GM is going to be fully electric, they claim. So we need to go ahead now and start putting in the right equipment, putting in the right service stations, starting to prepare our staff 
for electric because we don't want to wait until it's already here before we start to adapt. We want to go ahead and lean into that change that's coming, not try to hang on and cling on to the things, you know, things the way that things were with the way that cars are built and the way that we've been servicing them for decades. No, we're going to lean into it. We're going to go all in because we want to be on the leading edge of development and not uh, not miss the train, so to speak. So a lot of insights to to learn from this conversation, for me at least. Please, once again, connect with me on LinkedIn, Philip Scroggin. I, I really appreciate you being part of this community. Uh, and moreover, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it. That's the biggest compliment that I can get is someone's sharing the episode, someone's sharing the podcast, someone's uh, leaving a review or, or a rating that is uh, wind in our sails for sure as we are all learning together in, in furthering our business goals. To that point, um, tune in next week to Good Morning Market. And remember, in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.